0: Transforming care through genomic medicine, personalized therapeutics, health services and outcomes research, and innovations in health care delivery. We're Children's Mercy Kansas City, presenting our audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith.
1: So our topic today is evaluation of pediatric syncope for the primary care practitioner. My guest is Dr. Brian Birnbaum. He is a pediatric cardiologist at Children's Mercy Kansas City and a clinical assistant professor of pediatrics at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. Dr. Birnbaum, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, well, thanks for coming on. Let's let's go ahead, Dr. Birnbaum, and start with um, just like a nice review of the different types of syncope and how common is it.
0: So syncope is something that's very common. Uh, you know, probably uh, by ten to twenty percent of kids at some point will have a syncope episode, and there's many, many more uh, who will have what we call presyncope, or sort of the feeling of lightheadedness or dizziness, but without actually losing consciousness. Uh, so it's very, very common. When I think about syncope, I try to really break it down into heart-related causes or cardiogenic syncope and then non-heart-related causes, things like orthostatic hypotension or vasovagal syncope.
1: Yeah, and so let's, and and that's the important distinction, right? So um, when it comes to distinguishing between a cardiac cause, non-cardiac cause, um, what are some of the most important questions that the doctor needs to be asking the patient or the parents?
0: Well, I think what is really vital is the most vital thing is getting a history of exactly what happened during their syncopal event what happened when they passed out and going into as much detail as possible about that event or the events that they've been having that includes discussing with the patient are these events that happen when they're exerting themselves when they're playing sports, uh, when they are uh, you know they've been scanning for a long time are there other things that have uh, sort of caused them to pass out such as pain or fear, uh, and are they having any sort of prodrome or any other symptoms with their syncope? Uh, in particular, I always ask about palpitations or, or feelings of, of uh, skip beats in their chest, um, uh, just to make sure there's not any sort of arrhythmia process going on.
1: Yeah, of course, you know, this the, the scary part for the, the parents and the family is, you know, if you have a young athlete, right, and, and they pass out and everybody worries about, uh, the sudden cardiac deaths, we see those in the news. Um, you know, how common is that actually for a young athlete to have a major cardio, uh, cardiovascular event like that?
0: Well, fortunately, it's pretty uncommon that syncope is related to a, a heart condition. Uh, certainly, when we hear about athletes who are having syncope episodes, that does raise our attention as a cardiologist that it, it may be uh, cardiac in origin. However, there's a lot of times that athletes sort of uh, put themselves at sort of a disadvantage in terms of having thinkable episodes. So many athletes uh, are exercising and working hard throughout the day, uh, don't get a a chance to really eat as much as they should or have an afternoon snack before their practices, and so they start their practices a little bit dehydrated, and and, uh, that puts them at risk for having thinkable episodes that are not necessarily related to their heart. With that being said, anytime I hear about an athlete who has a syncopal event on the field, uh, whether it's a practice or a game, we certainly want to take that event seriously.
1: Yeah. So, from the primary care um, physician, you know, point of view, if if a cardiac cause of a syncopal episode is suspected, I mean, is that do we automatically just refer that to the cardiologist, or is there things we can do? first in the office um, in the short term to make sure that this patient is safe and stable and then get them to you?
0: So I think uh, the most important thing you can do in addition to getting a history in the office, of course, is um, uh, making sure that the the patient themselves is stable, making sure they're not having any sort of arrhythmia type of concerns when they're in the the office setting there. Uh, Many primary care providers have got an EKG machine and they can perform an EKG and at least evaluate a little bit for possible structural heart disease or uh, potential arrhythmogenic heart disease, so things like Wolf-Parkinson-White, for example. Uh, It it at least gives you a little bit of an idea of what you might be dealing with. Unfortunately, a lot of times we need to have additional testing uh, be performed before we can really safely rule out a cardiac cause, Uh, and that would include things such as echocardiograms or exercise stress tests and Obviously, many primary care providers aren't um, aren't able to do that in their office.
1: Yeah, and so walk us through. So when it, when a when a suspected um, cardiac cause of syncope is in your office, um, from the cardi from the specialist point of view, tell us a little bit what you do, what your workup is, just for a better understanding of how that patient is being cared for.
0: So probably the the most important thing that I do is get a very thorough history and really talk with the patient and talk with the family about the the event that happened or the events that are happening. And then also specifically with the family history, many of the worrisome causes of uh, cardiac syncope are inherited in an autosomal dominant fashion. Some of them are autosomal recessive, but many are autosomal dominant. And so it's not uncommon that we will get a history of many family members having pacemaker's place, defibrillator's place, or having sudden death uh, that maybe wasn't exactly known why they had died. And so going through that very thorough history is probably the most important thing I do with the uh, family and with the patient. After that, obviously, uh, I get an EKG being a cardiologist. And usually if there is enough of a clinical concern after talking to the family with the history of the event, I'll perform an echocardiogram as well. The EKG and the echocardiogram are useful for uh, really screening for the three uh, most common causes of of, of uh, cardiogenic syncope that can be life-threatening in athletes, and that would be uh, arrhythmia syndromes, um, it, as well as uh, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, and then coronary abnormalities. And between the, especially with the family history uh, and the patient history, along with the EKG and the echocardiogram. Usually, we're able to get a pretty good idea of how at risk an athlete would be.
1: So, so you know, again, focusing on the, the young athlete, um, you know, when you're doing your workup, especially if you're suspecting some of the more um, lethal causes of a cardiogenic uh, syncope, wh- what about physical and, um, restrictive activity? Like, I, how do you deal with that? Um, um, does a young athlete absolutely have to stop? Um, you know, what what they, what they enjoy doing the sport, or is it uh, just really based on each individual case?
0: So it's really based on each individual case. Um, there's, unfortunately, a lot of athletes that um, sort of fall into a gray area in terms of whether they may have a uh, significant cardiac disease or whether they have what's called athlete's heart, which is uh, a normal physiologic adaptation of their heart to strenuous activity. And... It's obviously very difficult to restrict athletes who are very competitive and have been excelling in their sports, um, but at times we have to do that, and uh, particularly if if there's enough of a, for example, if there's enough of a family history or if their patient's episodes are concerning enough that this is truly a cardiogenic cause of their syncope, uh, then we typically will restrict them. Uh, What I generally like to do is restrict, perform an exercise test as well and get an idea of if there's any sort of symptoms with their exercise test. Uh, and and may, they may not have syncope with the exercise test, but they may have other symptoms such as chest pain or lightheadedness or dizziness, or we may see arrhythmias on their exercise test that would clue us into this being a more severe, or more, more likely to be a cardiogenic cause of their syncope
1: yeah so when we when you refer to the athlete heart, right the um, that physiological response to to exercise, usually it's just an enlargement, correct? So is that's not in and of itself necessarily a um, a disease or a pathology, correct?
0: No, it is definitely not a disease or a pathology. it's a uh, very uh, normal healthy adaptation for uh, adolescents in particular who are healthy and, and uh, competitive athletes uh but unfortunately the the studies that we perform that screen for these lethal cardiac conditions uh some of their results overlap with what an athlete's heart looks like. So an athlete's heart will typically have uh some uh, there's some enlargement of the heart, but there's some thickening of the heart muscle as well just because the heart's having is, is being asked to work more in, in the competitive athlete than in somebody that's sedentary we see that type of a change also in somebody that has hypertrophic cardiomyopathy where the heart muscle gets really thick on its own and so it becomes a spray
1: so area so right so it's so interestingly most of our conversation so far with with syncope has been focusing on the on the athlete however is that the most common um, pre, uh, type of patient that presents with syncope um, or are there other um, you know, patients that we need to be aware of, not necessarily the athlete?
0: Well, there's certainly many other patients to be aware of. Um, Most children do have some form of of structured physical activity during their day. Uh, And so, although uh, not every uh, child is necessarily a competitive athlete, most children will have uh, physical activity at times, whether it be a gym class or um, recreational sports. And Knowing whether or not they're having symptoms during that, whether they have syncope or pre-syncope during those those, um, uh, physical activities can be quite useful in in trying to delineate whether this is a a, a severe cardiac problem or or whether this is a non-cardiac cause of their syncope.
1: Right. Well, Dr. Birnbaum, I want to thank you uh, for all the work that you're doing at Children's Mercy, um, and also thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics of Children's Mercy Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.